Mockingbirds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 607. Thanks to our friend and Talking Birds ambassador, Chuck Draper, up in Mankato, Minnesota, for reminding us that this past week marked the 130th birthday of the great conservation pioneer, Aldo Leopold, best known, no doubt, for his famous book, A Sand County Almanac. He was born on the 11th of January in 1887. Aldo Leopold, that is not Chuck Draper. And by the way, later this year, we'll celebrate the 200th birthday of another great friend of the natural world, the legendary naturalist, poet, and philosopher Henry David Thoreau, born in July of 1817. Junkos, anyone? We heard from our friend Bill Niranowski down in Westerly, Rhode Island, who says, quote, there's been a feeding frenzy at our feeders today. Didn't have much success throwing seed on the snow for the ground feeders as it quickly disappeared in the soft snow. We seem to be overrun with juncos today. Probably had a couple of dozen at a time around the feeders. Came up with this quick idea for a feeder made of three paper plates stapled together to make a tent-like structure. Juncos liked it, and their behavior around the feeder was fun to watch. They seemed a bit wary of it, while chickadees and titmice had no fear. Even attracted a cardinal who parked himself in the feeder once he found it. Juncos would grab a seed and flee and many would congregate in the area as if it was a social event. And quote. Bill then added a fourth plate, which he adds, uh, fashioned into a carrying handle for easy paper plate feeder transport. Pretty clever and effective. And you can see a photo of Bill's handiwork right now on our Talking Birds Facebook page. Now, this is not a commercial for Subaru. We have no connection with them. We just thought we should mention that Subaru has done something very bird and birder friendly. They started offering in two of their new models the Bird Finding eBird app as part of their infotainment system. Pretty cool. In case you missed the announcement last week, we want you to know that our 2017 Talking Birds photo contest is underway and will continue until February 5th. First prize winner will receive a Celestron Hummingbird ED micro spotting scope featuring a 7 to 22x magnification range that spans binoculars and spotting scopes and birder-friendly close-focus distance of 10 feet. Our first runner-up prize is a pair of Celestron 8x32 Trail Seeker binoculars with a magnesium alloy body back for prisms with phase and dielectric coatings, wide field of view, fully multi-coated optics, and 6.5-foot close focus. And our second runner-up prize is our Talking Birds Bird Book Sampler, which includes the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's magnificent large-format photography book, The Living Bird, 100 Years of Listening to Nature, along with Cornell Lab's Bird Brainiac's Activity Journal and Log Book for Young Birders, and a signed copy of Mike O'Connor's Why Do Blue Birds Hate Me? Contest ends on February 5th at midnight. 
Pretty simple to enter. Just take a photo of a bird in the wild and email it to us at this address, ray at talkingbirds.com. Once again, just take a photo of a bird in the wild or even choose one you've already taken and email it to us. Photos will be judged on quality of composition, creativity, and originality. The address again is ray at talkingbirds.com. Happy snapping and good luck. Meanwhile, we'd like to offer a big Talking Birds thank you to four new Talking Birds show ambassadors, folks who are being so kind as to distribute Talking Birds cards to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Thank you to new ambassadors Matthew in South Royalton, Vermont, Dale in Kennesaw, Georgia, Carl in nearby Middleborough, Massachusetts, and William in Baltimore, Maryland. So, Talking Birds listeners, will you join Matthew, Dale, Carl, and William in this outreach effort? It's wicked easy. doesn't take up any time, really. Just a moment to hand a card to friends or associates. And when you do that, you'll see their little faces light up as they shower you with appreciation for telling them about our show. At least we hope that might happen. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Do penguins make good painters? Apparently so, as Ohio's Columbus Zoo has discovered. Check out the story in a very cool video through our Facebook page. Did you know that birds with bigger beaks get colder noses? That might explain all that snuggling that ducks are often doing. Our Facebook page will fill the bill uh, if you'd like to learn more. And have you seen the video of the flappy bird drone that's helping keep airports safe? Well, you will if you visit our Talking Birds Facebook page. That's some of what we have for you on our page right now. You can also find those stories probably through an online search if you're not a Facebook follower. So why do New Zealand yellowhammers speak with an obsolete accent? Our Debbie Bleacher will try to explain in this week's Talking Birds blog, easily found on our website. That's Talking Birds. Com. A little preview of our mystery bird contest. You'll be ready to call when we do the actual contest in just a little bit and have a chance to win that beautiful droll Yankees feeder. Here's the sound of our mystery bird. It's a large and dark bird with a long, thin neck, long, thin pointed bill, long tail found in much of the southeast in summer and along the Gulf Coast in Florida. Year-round, often seen soaring high in the sky. It's a graceful flyer. It can cover great distances without flapping its wings. Mostly closely associated, or most closely associated, that is, with water, though. What is it? Don't tell us yet, but that's a preview of our Mystery Bird Contest. Coming along a little later in the show. Conservation Quote of the Week. In a conversation with fellow inventors and entrepreneurs Harvey Firestone and Henry Ford, Thomas Edison said of the failure to use renewable energy sources, We are like tenant farmers chopping down the fence around our house for fuel when we should be using nature's inexhaustible sources of energy, sun, wind, and tide. I put my money on the sun and solar energy. What a source of power. I hope we don't have to wait until oil and coal run out before we tackle that. End of the quote from a forward-thinking Thomas Edison in 1931. Still to come on our show today, it's mid-January, high time for another of the birdist's rules of birding, and we'll get one from the birdist himself. 
Mr. Nick Lund down there in Washington, D.C. Also this morning, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor, who's on the road down south engaging in his obsessive quest to see a Florida scrub jay in this morning's Let's Ask Mike segment. And up next, a hoped-for winter visitor to the lower 48 is today's featured feathered friend. Talking Birds is made possible in part by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says, We care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron.com and discover more. There have been many great Roman leaders. Julius Caesar, Marcus Aurelius, Cardulus Pinus. Uh, excuse me, uh, Professor. D- did you say Cardulus Pinus? Yes, uh, 893 B.C. to... Uh, Professor, I- I'm sorry, but Cardulus Pinus was not a Roman leader. He wasn't? Uh, no, sir. C- Cardulus Pinus uh, is a bird. I... I knew that. Sure you did, Professor. Yes, Cardulus pinus, the scientific name for today's featured feathered friend, the pine siskin. It's another popular winter visitor to much of the U.S., even as it also breeds throughout much of the American West and way down into Central America. The pine siskin is the size of a small sparrow. It's mostly brown and heavily streaked, with two buff-colored wing bars in the female, while the male often sports a yellow wing bar as well as a buff one and more yellow at the base of the flight feathers. The pine siskin has a short, notched tail and a thin, pointed bill, which helps it feed on small seeds and tree buds and insects and spiders. And the pine siskin is definitely a bird worth listening to. Look for this Roman leader in a foraging flock of his fellows at your feeder this winter. Today's featured feathered friend, Cardulus pinus, the pine siskin. Thanks again for being with us. Our show number 607. We hope you'll visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TalkingBirds. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the birdist. That's right, the birdist, a.k.a. Nick Lund, somewhere down there in D.C., not far from the Potomac River, I believe. Good morning, Nick. That's right. Not far from the, uh, the the quiet shores of the mighty Potomac. All right. Pretty good birding spot there, right? Yeah, it's great. All kinds of cool stuff. Right now we're getting all the uh, winter ducks and gulls and geese down mm-hmm. here. Uh, it's a good time when it's not freezing and raining. It's a good time to bird. <laughs> all right. Well, it's the middle of January, Nick, and we have New Year's resolutions here now. Considering the date, does this mean you've already exhausted some previous resolutions and this is a new set or is this <laughs> no sir my tactic for birding is to set resolutions that don't happen until the spring or summer that way you can't break them for a while and you oh, feel good about yourself that is brilliant i love that it, yeah it's a good way to do it I you might... know i love birding in the new year because yeah. you know the the ebird counters reset and you've got a whole year in front of you, you get to decide what you're going to do for the year maybe you'll mm-hmm. do a, a big year uh, maybe you'll sit down and learn, you know, a hard family like gulls or something. Maybe yeah. you'll just see only birds that start with 
L or something. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> you get you get to pick. You get to pick. Right. Um, or starting with I've, Z if you want it to be pretty easy. Yeah, that's right? that's true. Okay. Um, I've made a few resolutions myself okay. to uh, to set out this year. Uh, one of them, like I said, I'm thinking about the spring. I'm thinking ahead. And, you know, every spring, that big first migration day, I'll go out there and then I'll realize I haven't listened to warbler calls in, you know, eight months. Mm. don't know what they sound like anymore. And so yeah. I, from frantically listening in the car this year, I'm going to study up beforehand. I'm going to start now. I haven't yet, <laughs> but I will soon start remembering all my bird calls yeah. so when the migration, spring migration comes around, I'm ready to go. Well, that's that's good for you. I've, I've got one of those CD sets in my car, so you're inspiring me to uh, punch that in, too. Start yeah, I've got that. all the things. I've got the CD sets. I've yeah. got LarkWire on my phone. I just yeah. got to use them. That's my problem. That's the thing. Got to use them, right. Well, Warbler that's songs are not the easiest things to learn, either, or to remember. No, they all sound the same, yeah. and uh, you need to uh, <laughs> you need to study up if you want to be ready on that, that first day, and they're not going to wait for you. Yeah. Well, don't discourage people by saying they all sound the same, because then people won't even try to try to learn. No, they, they sound slightly different from each other, <laughs> is what I meant to say. Okay. All right. So <laughs> you're going to relearn Warbler songs with the help of some apps and, and discs. Yeah, prepare. And get I'm going to prepare. Ready. That's that. Okay. So number right. two is yeah. I'm going to chase more stuff. Chase I know more. Chasing, chasing rare birds. Gets kind of a bad rap in the birding community sometimes, yeah. but I love it. I think it's one of the most fun parts of birding. I love that feeling of being at work or somewhere important, and you get an alert or you hear that a rare bird is being seen, and you just drop everything. You just say, sorry, wife and kids, I'm out of here, and you are all of a sudden <laughs> driving down some highway looking for some bird. I really like that okay. a lot, and I don't do it enough anymore because oh, it's rude, <laughs> frankly, and it, uh, but it's fun. So I'm going to do that some more. All right. On your on your blog there at Audubon.org, you, you talk about uh, Hugh McGinnis, who uh, did something. He was out there without binoculars even and did something kind of amazing, right? That's right. Hugh McGinnis is a, is a fantastic bird around here in D.C. He was just taking a walk in his neighborhood, just a little exercise walk, and looked into a tree and saw D.C.'s first ever black-throated gray warbler ever. Mm. This was on uh, December 30th, and so all kinds of... Uh, you know, year listers and people rushed up into this, stood in this poor person's front yard and looked into their tree for the black throated gray, and, and lots of people saw it. I think it's still, might be still being seen. It's stuck around for a while. Uh -huh. Well, you saw it too. I saw it too. I was there that day. I dropped everything. I said, sorry, everyone, I'm out of here. Yeah, how's everything at home now? Uh, well, you know, we're patching things up. We're, we're, we're getting over it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> so so that's, fun. that's actually the great thing about birding in D.C. is that I can chase anything, and it takes 20 minutes to get there. You know, it's not like I'm driving across the state. Not, not a lot of heavy traveling involved. Well, as you said, no. not everybody likes this idea. It's kind of like finding a used bird, but, uh, but you don't yeah. see it that way, certainly. A little. I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's more fun to find them yourself, but it's also hard to do. And I like uh, seeing weird stuff when it shows up, and so it's worth, worth the effort and worth the chase. All right. And there is one particular warbler that you have not been able to find. I think you said you've seen every breeding perching bird in the U.S., but not this one. My nemesis, the yeah. Connecticut warbler. My nemesis. There he is. I hear him. There he I is. Hear him. He, is I hear him. I bet you've already memorized this one, though, this call. Is that him? i gotta, I got to look it back at my tapes again. I said I need to study. <laughs> yeah, I think that is. Well, he's my nemesis, and I've looked for him high and low, uh, 
hither and yon <laughs> and uh, not found one. But 2017 is the year. I, I don't know how, uh, but I'm going to see a Connecticut Warbler this year, either in D.C. when they come through in the fall or in Florida or parts west when they come through in the spring. I will get one some way, somehow. Whatever it, whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever, right. whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. Sorry, family, once again, <laughs> I've got a bird to find. This is another one of those uh, sort of ill-named birds, if I'm not mistaken. The, not, not really a bird of Connecticut, but I guess, I guess it was first found on its way through Connecticut. Yeah, I think that's right. It's actually pretty rare in Connecticut. It comes through in the fall occasionally on their southbound migration, but otherwise it's uh, not really associated with the with the old nutmeg state. Yeah. Um, you know, it's good to have allow Connecticut to have something after them. They've, there's nothing going on up there. So <laughs> Tough times in, the, in Connecticut right now. Well, women's basketball is good. Other than that, not a whole lot happening. That's right. The women's team just won their 91st in a row, I believe. That's right. Breaking, they are good. Breaking their own record. Well, pretty yeah, amazing. All right, so you're getting ready to start on all those all those things. We're going to catch up with you in, uh, soon and see how you're doing with that. Please, thank and, you very much. I'm looking al- forward to having a great year. And also, I know you're you're uh, you've been writing about birding at night. We're going to talk about that maybe coming along. Yeah, sometime in the near anytime. future. Let's get out there. Now's the time to uh, to get out and hear all those owls hooting as they are uh, they're nesting. They are out there and nesting already here in the middle of January. That's uh, Nick, right. thank you so much. Uh, give us your contact info again for for your Birdist column and, and Audubon.org. Sure. Find me on Twitter at TheBirdist, and TheBirdist.com is my website, and you can go to Audubon and look at my Birdist Rules of Birding column. Well, good luck uh, finding that Connecticut uh, warbler, Nick, but don't start looking for it yet. Uh, At least thank not you, around sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Nick Bye Lund, then. a.k.a. The Birdist here on Talking Birds. Coming up next, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. The holidays are coming, and so is the cold weather. You're busy, but don't forget about the birds. They need the best food they can get, and Audubon Park Wild Bird Food provides the nutrition birds need to survive and thrive. Make time to feed your backyard birds this month with every bird's favorite food from Audubon Park, a family-owned business that appreciates yours. And be sure to check them out on Facebook for great bird food giveaways. Audubon Park Wild Bird Food, proudly made in the USA. Hi, it's Ray with your invitation to join us in the Galapagos Islands with Sunrise Birding. I'll be your host, joined by expert local guides who'll show us giant Galapagos tortoises and marine iguanas and incredible birds, including Darwin's famous finches. We'll even snorkel with Galapagos penguins. And there are now just two cabins still available. Get all the details right now at sunrisebirding.com. That's sunrisebirding.com. It's our mystery bird contest, and you are eligible to win a beautiful feeder from Droll Yankees, makers of the world's best bird feeders, as long as you haven't been a winner here in the past six months. Pretty easy to do. Just give us a call and tell us what you think this bird is right here. The number by which to do that is 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. If you have a guess or you know what it is, call us right now and tell us and win the Droll Yankees window mount songbird feeder with the unique songbird and blueberries design. Fastens right onto your window with three powerful suction cups. You can put all kinds of stuff in there, seed or fruit, mealworms, whatever you like in that uh, beautiful window mount songbird feeder 
from Droll Yankees. That would be the prize. 781-837-4900 is the number. Our mystery bird is large and dark with a long, thin neck and a long, thin, pointed bill and a long tail. It's found in much of the southeast in summer and along the Gulf Coast and Florida year-round. Our bird is often seen soaring high in the sky. It's a graceful flyer that can cover great distances without flapping its wings, like uh, birds like turkey vultures do, for example. However, it is most closely associated with the water. And turkey is a part of a nickname for this bird. So there are some clues in the sound of our bird. What do you think it is? 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we're going to check with Mike, speaking of Florida, because that's where he is. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. The Amazon's rainforest is being cut down so fast that by 2030, 55% of it could be completely wiped out. The Earth's forest can't speak up when they need help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. If we continue to consume our natural resources at the rate we do now, by 2050, it could take three Earths to meet our needs. The Earth can't speak up when it needs help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle, unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy. Unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to yougottobekidding.org. Mike O'Connor is not at the Birdwatcher's General Store on Cape Cod, at least as far as we know, based on what he tells us. He is indeed down there heading for or in the Vieira Wetlands, south of Merritt Island on the east coast of the beautiful state, the Sunshine State, Florida. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> this could be the worst interview ever. I can't even hear what you say, so... Yeah, I'm on the side of the highway. I didn't make it to the wetlands yet, and then I got the call, so I had to pull over, and um, every, every driver and forward is going by wow. about 80 miles an hour, so uh, talk loud. Any police cruisers behind you there? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, so, no, no. so they, have to, they haven't caught on to me yet so far. All right, can you hear me now? Go ahead. Let's All right, so... You're in the Vieira Wetlands. Uh, what, what is that place there? That's on the East Vieira Coast. Vieira Wetlands is just south of Merritt Island. Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge. If you've never been there, you should go. It's got a nice long uh, auto drive, one-way auto drive. goes through all this wetlands area. And you always see wintering ducks. All the ducks come down here to Florida in the winter, plus herons, plus egrets, plus pelicans. All the Florida birds, you see them up close and personal. A little bit and, and, and Merritt Island is on the east coast, right by Cape Canaveral. Actually, you can see the, the launch pads and stuff in the distance. And just oh, about, a, uh, about a half an hour south is this Vieira Wetlands, which is like the poor man's Merritt Island. It's just a community wetlands. Hmm. There's no sea or anything to go. You, anybody can go. People go there and walk their dogs and hang out. But it attracts all kinds of birds. And uh, there's a... Uh, a smooth-built Arnie, which has been spotted there. And it's a little bit further north out of the range. Arnie's, uh, believe, they look like a combination of a crow and a grackle. They're dark birds with big, thick bills. But they actually are in the, in the cuckoo family 
like roadrunners and black-billed and yellow-billed cuckoos. They're kind of an odd bird, and they spend most of their time in the tropics and uh, the Bahamas, and a few come up to Florida. So one was spotted, so before I go to Merritt Island, I'm going to take a loop there. And the plan was to tell you all about it, but um, I spent the last 20 minutes trying to get out of the airport <laughs> a little bit behind. All right. By the way, what about this? Uh, I mean, you're kind of obsessed with seeing uh, another bird down there, right? The Florida scrub jay? How's that working yes, out? Yes, the Florida scrub jay, they, it, which is very much endangered. And this is, as the name indicates, it's really the only place you can see this species. Um, they see them in Merritt Island. They also see them at this Allen Crickshank. I think a lot of old-time birds remember him from all his books and writings. Mm-hmm. And they, he's got uh, they, a dedicated uh, wildlife refuge, not really a refuge, it's more preserved in his name and his wife, Helen. And and they're seen in this area, which is not far from this, between Merritt Island, the Arrow Wetlands. And I've never been there, but I've been reading reports that the birds are easy to see there. Florida scrub jays, it looked like an odd, kind of a grayish spotted blue jay, but they're extremely tame, and people send me pictures all the time, they land on their heads, and they're very sociable birds. So that's my goal, and every, I've been that here three times, I haven't seen one, so hopefully <laughs> this will be the, hopefully there's a motorcycle. Oh, hopefully that'll be my time. No, scrub I'll, jay, I'll but... this week if I get to see it, Ray, or when I can hear you better. <laughs> All right, no scrub jays, but one Harley Davidson. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> and we were supposed to talk about bird feeders. Uh, I mean, bird baths this week, but we'll we'll do that next week when maybe yeah, wherever yeah. you are. Sounds good. Okay, <laughs> thanks, Mike. Okay, good luck. All right, Mike O'Connor down there in the Vieira Wetlands in Florida, looking for Florida scrub jays and maybe seeing our mystery bird. By the way, which certainly is a, a bird you would see where Mike is located uh, right about now. I guess we're back at the Mystery Bird Contest, are we not? And we have Jeff in Alston as our first caller. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. What's going on, Jeff? What do you think on the old Mystery Bird there? I'm going to take a wild guess. Is it a wandering albatross? Wandering albatross. It is not. Okay. Uh, you got that because of that gliding, right? It can float yeah, I, that's what I wings. tried to use. Those things can fly around without flapping for a couple of years. That's a slight exaggeration, but they can do it for a really long time. Jeff, a top quality guest, and thank you. All right, try next week. All right. Bye. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, not a not a wandering or any other kind of albatross. What is our mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number to call to tell us what that bird is. It's a large, dark bird with a long, thin neck, a long, thin pointed bill, long tail, Often seen soaring high in the sky, a graceful flyer, but mostly, most closely associated with the water. 781-837-4900 is the number, and we have Heather somewhere in the great state of Maryland. Good morning, Heather. Hi, Ray. How are you? Doing well. How are, how are things in Maryland? A little warmer there, I expect, than up here? Uh, okay, a bit. We had a little ice yesterday, but no big deal. <laughs> okay, a little ice. You get, you get kind of ice storms in the winter, am I right? Um, or is that more DC yeah. kind of? Probably more DC. More I DC. mean, it. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking. No, you know what? I'm thinking of the Carolinas. They're kind of famous or infamous for ice storms, not so much snow. But anyway, uh, on to the mystery bird contest. What do you say, Heather? You heard our description and such. Um. I'm taking a guess because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And Anhinga. That's a that is a really that's more than a top quality guess. <laughs> Absolutely correct. The Anhinga, sometimes Yay. called the water turkey or or the snake bird, 
because of the way it swims with most of its body underwater and just its head and neck sticking out, it looks a little bit uh, a little bit creepy. I'm not sure if they get as far north as Maryland, do they? No, I've never seen one. Yeah, okay. Well, another good reason to head to Florida and see if we can exactly. meet, up with, meet up with Mike down there somewhere. Well, yeah, good job, good. Heather. Uh, absolutely right. The, uh, the Anhinga is our uh, mystery bird, and if you will stay on the line there, we'll arrange to send you that beautiful droll Yankees feeder. Great, thank you. Okay. Heather is somewhere in Maryland. Forgot to ask her where, but she has correctly identified the Anhinga as our mystery bird a really cool bird when you see this bird flying after you've seen it swimming it's it's really an odd thing because when you see it swimming with just its head and neck sticking out of the water you'd think that bird probably can't fly at all but it's actually quite a powerful flyer that's uh, all the time we have for our show here's a question should we ban those single-use plastic bags that they hand out at convenience stores and supermarkets janet dominitz from the massachusetts public interest research group massperg has 10 reasons for saying yes she'll tell us about those reasons on next week's show we'll have lots of other birdie stuff as well Executive producer Mark Duffield, our associate producer Debbie Bleacher, our engineer Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com by Celestron, offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com by Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com and by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.